Welcome to the Connected Spirit Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Dawson. I'm a working medium, spiritualist minister, certified spiritual life coach, and mentor. My goal is to help support today's modern mediums and spiritual seekers in making strong connections with their own spirit and spirit helpers. I will share all I know about mediumship development and spirituality. I invite you to join me on this journey. Welcome back to the show, everybody. My next guest is an internationally respected medium, astrologer, and spiritual teacher. He brings a practical, grounded, and evidential style to his spiritual work. With his passion for teaching and helping others discover their own unique spiritual connection, he has taught and worked globally. Throughout his 16 plus years of working with the spirit world, he has demonstrated his ability to connect with departed loved ones in both public demonstrations and private sittings. By bringing messages of love and hope from the spirit world, his mission is to show that we, like love, are eternal. I am excited to welcome Michael Mayo to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I actually became of Michael's work a few years ago when I saw advertised online a dem that he was doing with James von Prague. And um, I think it was in, in Spirit Center for Spiritual Living. And then when COVID hit, I was looking for more ways to continue and develop my own mediumship. And I seen Michael's teaching with Medium Mentors. That's a digital masterclass with several other international mediums of really high regard. And I just loved his teaching style. And then when I started my podcast, I thought, I really want to have him on the show. Fingers crossed. And well... Here he is. <laughs> well, I'm excited that you asked me to be on here. I always love getting to talk to people, share anything I can share. And hopefully people get to take home a little bit of extra information. So Excellent. I love that. So, Michael, you've been working with the spirit world for several years. And I'm wondering if you could maybe tell us a little bit of your background, like maybe some of your early years of development, like when you first became aware of spirit and then when you decided, hey, I'm actually going to start developing and working and getting serious with this. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I think everyone's story is a little bit different, uh, how we kind of come into finding you know, our connection to spirit. I think I've always been a spiritual person in general. Um, I've always, and one of my earliest memories is wanting to know God and wanting to know who and what that is, if it's a who, if it, if it was a something, you know what I mean? And um, I think that that led me down a spiritual path kind of my whole life. However, I am not like other mediums where they're like, oh yes, my cousin, uh, my cousin, my uncle's cousin came to me and he yeah. talked to me and I saw his head floating in a closet. And like, you know, these like crazy stories of spiritual experiences that a lot of mediums have. And like, I absolutely had none of that, like zero. And I always like to tell that as part of my story because I think so many times people feel like, oh, I have to have these like incredible experiences to show and validate the fact that like I'm mediumistic. And I'm, I'm not that. So uh, when I was 18, I stumbled into a metaphysical bookstore and I met the owner and the owner was like, hey, you should come to this demonstration that's happening tonight. And I was like, what's that? Because I had no idea. And uh, I decided to go and I didn't think the medium would come to me because I had no one who had passed. And he did come to me and he said, you know, I have this person here for you. Um, 
And I couldn't really fully understand it. And then he was like, well, are you aware you're very psychic? And I'm like, yes. But I only said yes because I had had dreams that had come true and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he was like, well, they're wanting me to tell you that you're a medium. You need to start developing. And one day you'll be doing what I'm doing up here. And I was like, what? <laughs> my head exploded. I was like, yeah. my world sort of shifted. It was, it was like, what? So I went to my first development circle and I got up to work. And, uh, I was able to, like, I just opened my awareness and there was a guy and I started describing him and gave his name, dates, relationship, all kinds of different things. It was just there. And I was like, wow, okay. I guess that guy was right. Um, and so then I decided to go back next week and I got absolutely nothing. And then I went back the next week and I got absolutely nothing. I went back the next week and I got absolutely nothing. And it was as if the spirit world had dangled a little carrot and said, Hey, if you develop, here's what's possible. Um, And that's kind of where it began. And then I started my development. I I focused a lot more in psychism at the beginning. Um, The beginning of my development was largely kind of in the new agey sort of world. Um, And grateful for that experience. Uh, I don't necessarily vibe that direction at this point, but that was, that was kind of the earlier part of it then moved more like strongly into mediumship specifically. Um, and then that kind of led me into, you know, traveling to the UK over and over where I learned under Gordon Smith and Eileen Davies, who are my teachers who are amazing. So if you yeah. know who those people are, you should definitely go check them out. Yeah. But yeah, so that's kind of my my journey. Eileen Davies is absolutely amazing. And for anybody that doesn't know, she's an English medium, but actually lives in Scotland. And I did um, during COVID mentoring with her and she is incredible. And um, she has been, you know, tutored under Gordon Higginson and she has studied all different types of religions, but works under the spiritualist umbrella. Um, But she is just an incredible medium and teacher too. So check her out guys. (laughs) Gordon, Gordon Smith is amazing too. Yeah, he's he's hailed as the UK's most accurate medium, and I 100% agree with that. Like he's incredible, and he's also very fun and funny and just a great guy. And when he started out too, he was known as the psychic barber. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's a hairdresser most of his life. It's funny because Gordon's never actually uh, charged for a reading in his entire life. So he's always done this sort of at a, as a service. Now, that being said, he's also written a thousand books <laughs> and yeah. does huge demonstrations and things like that. So, I mean, you know, that's, that's always a plus. But, you know, for him, I think it was uh, largely a spiritual sort of service. And, and I think it's that way in the UK a lot, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've noticed, where are you actually located? I'm in located in Langley, BC. So I'm about 40 kilometers um, east of Vancouver. Okay, cool, cool. I uh, I've, I don't know if it's the same in, I don't know where Canada lands in that, if it lands more in the UK style, or if it lands more in the American style. It's kind of in, in between, yeah. even as far as um, the type of demonstrations that we do um, in, on platform. Yeah. It's, it's quite different. It, it's, but that's why I love training with local mediums. You know, I have an amazing mentor, but I love um, training with some British mediums. And I actually mentor with um, Tony Stockwell and the style is quite different, but it's cool to kind of blend them, but it's different though. You've got some people that are on the fence. No, I'll never charge for a reading. And then you've got the other end where people are charging ridiculous amounts and they go, 
Ah. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that that's, that's one of the interesting things about the two styles is like one is religious. One is quite religious. Yeah. Like it lives in that world. And then one is more entertainment focused. Yeah. And I feel that there's a place for both because they're both helping. I mean, that's why we have Hollywood medium and Teresa Caputo and like all these people who are out there sort of making this, not a back alley sort of hidden away (laughs) thing, you know what I mean? Um, and now it's much more accepted than ever. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, I think I sort of, I, I have my roots in, in sort of the English, you know, British style, but I also live here (laughs) and there's different needs, right? Like there's different ways that that people present. So I think I kind of blend, blend everything together. So, and I love that too, because you made a point there or a comment that really stands out to me and we can have different teaching styles, demonstrating styles, but it also really kind of comes down to meeting the needs of the sitter and the people that you're working with as well and finding that balance and really keeping that connection with your spirit team and connecting in with those people that need you in whatever way it is. If it's bringing some humor, if it's maybe bringing in a little bit of a hint of spirituality, whatever that is, right? Awesome. So would you say that Eileen and Gordon would be kind of like your most influential mentors? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're top tier mediums, everybody. So (laughs) you can't get a whole whole lot better. No. And this is no disregard to anybody else, but they are like cream of the crop. They are incredible. And if you can mentor with them or work with somebody who has been mentored by them, you're going to get yourself some really good foundational training and support and make sure that you're starting off on the right foot. Did you, when you were kind of moving through those earlier stages, Michael, of, you know, going into development and then you sat in a circle and, okay, you got this incredible message and then you're showing up each week, nothing's happening. What kind of fears were you working through, if any, and how did you overcome them? Yeah, absolutely. Love that question. Um, I think that the way that I was taught in the beginning, I didn't have as much structure or understanding that I would say I I knew now. So Mm -hmm. um, I think for me, the beginning of my journey felt largely sort of like just swinging my arms and hoping I hit something because, (laughs) you know, I didn't have a teacher. I mean, I did have a teacher, but she was more teaching me psychism and that sort of thing. So I didn't have a teacher that was like, here's how you break down mediumship. Here's the fundamentals. Like now, if I developed now, there's so much resource available from so many different places. And like, you can get solid teaching online, wherever you are. It's amazing. Yeah. When I started 16 years ago, it was just who was around you. Do you know what I mean? Like there was no online sort of mediumistic sort of thing. And I, I think the biggest thing is the, the recognition of how things like perfectionism, trying like making an effort to make a link and that sort of thing really impacts your, your work. And now I can look back at that experience and explain to you exactly what happened. Right. So like, the reason that my mediumship worked the first time was because I didn't have the three things that I call the sources of tension in our mediumship. Mediumship works best when we're relaxed, free, indifferent, sort of just open, right? Yeah. And any form of tension is going to create 
a challenge for our mediumship. So the three sources of tension that I teach are desire. So this is desire for an outcome, desire to get it right, desire to do well. All of those things will cause tension in your mediumship. Um, the second thing is distraction. So distraction of your mind, distraction of your thoughts, your biases about who you're reading, um, and more, most commonly, uh, distraction by your sitter. So the way that they react or respond and that sort of thing can really throw you and get you out of that headspace. And the last one is expectation. And expectation is you think it's supposed to feel or be a certain way because it was like this another time, or maybe I always get it this way. And yeah. then we're missing a lot of what we're supposed to be getting. And so I can look back at that experience and go, okay, I definitely had desire because I wanted to do well because of all these people around me being like, he's amazing. He's amazing. Oh my gosh. And so that puts pressure on me. Right. Yeah. And then on top of that, I also had uh, expectation because I thought, oh, it's just supposed to be there, but now I'm looking for it, right? And I'm efforting and I'm trying and I'm trying to make it happen. And no one was around me to be like, hey, that's what you're doing. And in my brain, you know, back then, especially it was, you know, I got to do well. I got to make it right. I got to like, otherwise, what does that mean? Because like, I, I saw that I could do this. I knew that it was possible, but then how do you actually achieve that? And the thing about mediumship and psychic awareness too, is it's the opposite of the way we do everything else. So everything else in life, it's about get it done, make it happen, do it, you know, just do it, force it, you know, that sort of thing. And what it seems to me is that mediumship and psychism is the exact opposite experience. It's actually learning to surrender. It's learning to let go. It's learning to become passive. And that's actually how you experience more from the spirit world. So in that first time that I, I, I worked, I didn't have any of those things. I didn't know anything. And it was just there. I was like, here you go. Here's, here's all the information. And then after that, it was like, reach, reach, try, try, all these sorts of things. So I would say perfectionism was a huge thing. Um, I would say trying, efforting. I would say that I, you know, I just didn't know. And yeah. I think that that's probably what makes me a pretty good teacher in my humble assessment um, is that I got to go through every single like wall and issue that could possibly come up. Um, and, and I think that helps me kind of be able to support students as, as we go forward. So to my listeners, Michael is repeating something that you've heard me say a thousand times. And to my oh. students who are listening to this listeners, big word, get out of your way, get rid of your expectations and surrender. It's huge because, you know, how you shared, Michael, like, you know, spirit dangles the carrot. They do. I, I just from my own experience and watching other people to go, Oh, this is the potential here, but now you need to develop it. And then that's when the work comes in and the commitment and the dedication and having patience and trusting what you're getting and surrendering and, um, all your expectations, leave them outside the door because otherwise you get in the way and it's more you not spirit. And you can just kind of crush your link with the other world. We were spirit wants to work with us, but we got to create the space so they can work with us. And if we're in the middle, oh, it's just a mess. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's what being a medium is. It's being yeah. in. But one of the other fascinating things that I think occurs when someone is developing their mediumship, like your issues that come up in your mediumship are likely also issues that come up in life. Those two things yeah. very hand in hand. And I think it's because at the root of where our issues come from within our mediumship, 
um, is because mediumship as in its own thing and as its nature is vulnerability. And so you have to be vulnerable when you do your work. If you're trying, if you're efforting, all the issues that come up are what we do when we're faced with vulnerability. The reason I say vulnerability is because when we uh, are going to do a reading for someone, we're saying, hey, I'm going to do this miracle. I'm going to have no preparation for it. Yeah. I'm going to tell you all about this person. I'm going to be specific and detailed. And I have nothing I can do to make sure this works, so to speak. we move into that vulnerable space. And then what occurs is however we handle that vulnerability, trying hard, beating ourselves up if it doesn't go right, you know, perfectionism, control, those things all start to arise within your work. And that's why mediumship takes a long time to develop. Not because the spirit's not there, not because you can't do this. It's that we're dealing with our brain. We're dealing with our thinking mind. We're dealing with how do we process vulnerability? And the more that someone can become comfortable with that, open with that, I think the easier all of this becomes. Absolutely. And you do have to become vulnerable because you got to take what you know and what you don't know and really kind of just be open to the experience. And this actually kind of leads into my next little comment and something I wanted to get your, your thoughts on. So in Media Mentors, you had this quote and I just loved it. It resonated. And I'm actually going to quote it verbatim. I have a note here. Um, in Media Mentors, Michael had said, view your mediumship journey as an exploration of your spiritual unfoldment being curious as to what is possible. Push the boundaries of what is possible with your mediumship and don't stay boxed in just because someone else has done things in a certain way in the past. Be open, be free, and allow yourself to explore. And so when you're being vulnerable, you really kind of have to open yourself up and allow whatever experiences that are going to come your way through the living and through spirit to unfold naturally. I love that comment. Um, it really resonated with me because we get, you know, it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. There's always going to be things that you're overcoming and learning and working through. Um, maybe it's a different lesson. Mediumship is this beautiful path where it's not just one destination. It's got all these different detours and different lanes that you can drive and explore and, and um, work through. And it's all to help you become that unique individual. But if you're not going to be open and allow yourself to explore, ah, you're going to be going around the same old mountain. Yeah. And you know, it's so funny. I, I was just saying this thought yesterday. I always found it funny when I've heard either in classes, not necessarily my class, but like other workshops in my development time, where sometimes people would say mediumship is boring. And I'm just like, how? <laughs> I was yeah. like, there's so much to discover. There's so much to, you know, explore and all that sort of thing. And I think what you just described about that sort of openness, that curiosity, mm -hmm. that so many avenues to explore, I think if that's happening, there's a sort of small view of what mediumship actually is. If you think mediumship is just making a link to someone in spirit and giving details about that person's life, that is not it. <laughs> like that is a byproduct of your spiritual unfoldment. That skill, that ability to do that, that's just one little piece. 
But when we really think about what that skill means for us as a spiritual being and as a tool to now explore the world through a different lens, through this more wide lens, this other layer that maybe we don't experience if you don't have that, um, I feel like that's where the, the interest is. That's where the excitement is. And there's so many different ways that the spirit world can, can do it. So until someone is like, nailing every single point every single time you know what i mean or you know being able to go into deep trance and be able to like speak in other languages and all sorts of things yeah and and there's and then they're saying mediumship is boring in that case i'll say okay sure for you maybe this isn't it (laughs) but like (laughs) i think there's so much we can experience and explore with the spirit world Absolutely. And I always tell students too, because they come in and they think that they're just going to start banging out these messages, all this incredible evidence, and it just doesn't work that way. It's so hard. It's work. It's work. Absolutely. It's work, but enjoy the journey. And yeah, I don't know how anybody, I agree with you. I don't know how anybody could say it's boring because there's no reading, there's no class that's going to be exactly the same. And connecting with other like-minded people, other people that are developing, they're going to have other stories too. I'm always amazed and I think, wow, I'm so grateful. Maybe in the early days, I kind of begrudge and go, oh God, why did I, why, why me? (laughs) (laughs) Really? Come on. I used to want to be a lawyer, not this. What's this about, right? But after I kind of got over my, my little pouting about it, it has been the greatest thing that's ever come into my life. And People got to recognize too, I think, and I would love your, your thought on this too. Mediumship isn't about us. Right. In, in, a, in a facet, it is. It, it can help us through our development, help us learn more about ourselves as a physical being, as a spiritual being. But we're the messenger. We're the conduit, if you will. And it's about being of service. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I completely agree with you that it's not about us when we are uh, doing messages and, you know, providing that service for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, everything you said, 100% agree. Uh, what I would add is, you know, you touched slightly on it, which is how it does help us. And I think that um, one of my teachers, Eileen Davies, who we've talked about, always says mediumship leads you to the threshold of your own inner being. Yeah. And I feel that that is such a true statement because, In that sense, your mediumistic awareness really does teach you about your own sort of who you are, what you are, and what does that mean for your life, how you choose to live, how does that impact everything else. And what I have found is that the spiritualization of the self is the far more valuable, amazing experience. And the byproduct of that spiritualization are these amazing gifts, are these amazing, well, I like to call them gifts, abilities, yeah. uh, these amazing abilities. And, 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 but even once you're able to do those things, so, you know, you asked me, Michael, do a psychic reading for you and I tell you about your life. That's cool. Michael, bring me a loved one. I can do that too. Sure. But it's what happens. And this is what I always post to my students. What happens when you get there? What happens when you arrive to that space, when you can give your reading, when you can develop, when you've done all those things, what do you do now? What do you do with that ability? What do you do with that gift? And 
I don't just mean like in work sense. I mean, like, what does that do for you? How do you then explore? What do you discover? And I think that's where the depth of what mediumship really is um, that I think I hope everyone discovers because that really answers. uh, It doesn't answer questions. I would say it gives us another tool to find more answers as best as we can. Absolutely. And do you find with your students, uh, maybe particularly individuals that are kind of like just starting out in their development, that they're not really aware of that aspect until they get into a class with you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think most people, the way that mediumship is taught and the way that mediumship is sort of explored nowadays more than ever. Maybe it was like this back in the day too, but definitely now it's so caught up on the phenomena of mediumship. So, you know, the communication with them. And because of that, I think we lose a lot of its other value, which is the self-awareness, the spiritualization of the self. And um, I think oftentimes I'm the one that is bringing that, for the first time too many students because they think, Oh, I just want to be like Teresa Caputo and just like (laughs) ambush people at a restaurant and tell them I got your loved one here. You know what I mean? And we don't want to do that. (laughs) Like, like that's not what it's about at all. Like, like that's so far from what the real value of it is. Um, And so, yeah, I think that having to, I always incorporate this idea from the very beginning that it's not about the message. It's not about you being able to deliver readings. It's about awareness of the self, spiritualization of the self, and that by the byproduct of surrender, we then get these different things that happen. But the real thing is over here. It's not connected to this thing. This is awesome and we love it and it's helpful for others, but the real journey, the real discovery is is this other thing. Absolutely. And I love that you say that because it's really important. It's like people get caught up in the mechanics of how to make a message or make a link and bring through a communication, but they're not understanding in its entirety what mediumship is all about and how we get to that place. So yeah, you can learn the mechanics of it, but to enhance the communication, even enhance your own life, spiritualization of self is a key component. And um, I actually have an online digital course that I had, and I'm not plugging it right now because everybody's already, <laughs> everybody's already heard it, <laughs> is um, it's called The Connected Spirit. And I, and I really truly believe that you have to be able to learn how to connect with your own spirit and your own spirituality in order to have a deep, meaningful connection with the spirit world working with them. It's like, it's not, it's that missing link that I see a lot. And I love that you're also bringing that into your teachings as well. It's like, you can't, I don't want to say that. I'm just going to throw it out there. You can't have one without the other. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I I think, I think you're, you're nailing it. And I was so lucky to have the teachers that I had because I mean, you've worked with Eileen Davies, you know, There's so much to the depths of just everything. Yeah. And it's just like you leave there. You're just like, I remember the first time I worked with her. I, we, it was the first lecture when I was at uh, Arthur Finley College. And I was like, okay, that was worth the whole trip. That was worth me coming here. Like, I don't need anything else, but like everything else is a cherry on top. Um, and that's because, you know, she has this understanding of, of the depth of it. And yeah. I was lucky to have, you know, both Gordon and Eileen who both, understand that it's not about the message. It's about the development of the self. 
Absolutely. I love that. And I hope listeners are really absorbing that and it's resonating with them because it's the truth. And some of those, those truths need to be kind of planted. Those little seeds need to be planted more than once. And hopefully they start to, you know, bloom in those people's lives because it's going to enhance all areas of your life. Even for people that don't want to develop mediumship, even if they have these abilities, but maybe it's just not that right time in their life, spiritualization of self is so important. And I guess that's another, um, yeah, I'm just going to keep going with this. Please, You know, some people, they have these abilities and they're like, I don't want to give messages. I don't want to be on the platform. I don't want to be doing private readings or connecting with people's loved ones. What would you say to them about that? Yeah. I mean, then use, use that awareness in a different way. How else do you want to use that awareness? Because um, it's not for everyone. I mean, yeah. the, the, the journey of the medium can oftentimes be solitary. Yes. Um, <laughs> the, the journey of the medium can, can be, uh, challenging and heavy because you're dealing with people in grief a lot. And, um, while, you know, if you don't have that ability to sort of take that step back and just be the messenger and you're getting all emotionally involved and all these sorts of things, or if especially, it's especially stressful for people who have that sort of performance anxiety thing where it's like, they feel that huge pressure on them to achieve or do. Um, I think that we, we have to, if, it, if you're finding that it's that sort of stressful sort of thing, yeah, maybe it's not, but it doesn't mean you can't use the skills and the awareness that you have cultivated because those are skills and awareness you can use in your whole life, right? Mediumship and psychic awareness is a completely natural thing. Everyone has it. It's yeah. just about of how how strong is it or how much do you pay attention to the stimulus that comes to you from the other world? Um, and so if that's not what you want to do, find other ways to use the power and your awareness. I mean, the thing is, is that it's universal. Um, that state that we get into to give a reading, you know, you've heard it used in so many other ways in popular culture, the flow, right? Yeah. Getting into the zone. People say that in sports. It's this place where you don't have your mind trying to sort and answer and figure it out. You're moving into a flow. Artists will go into that flow yeah. when they create and make new things. And that is that open awareness, that inspirational space. And I think if you're not going to use those skills for that, find another way that your spirit can express itself um, with that awareness. It's wonderful that you say that because, to, you know, you, you can allow your awareness to open up and allow those guiding influences to inspire you. And I'm sure many of the world's greatest musicians and artists and poets there has to have been some influence, I, I would think, or some support from the other world. Um, you have an education in psychology, social behavior, and in drama. And I'm just curious, how has that, if any, helped you or enhanced your work with your students and with your mediumship work? Yeah, I love that you asked that <laughs> because... I literally was thinking about this the other day. I was like, okay, looking at my life, because I'm a very reflective person. Um, when I'm looking at my life, I'm like, okay, why did I go these other directions? And I can completely see how both things um, really supported my work. So the performing arts 
really helped because I was very shy when I was younger. Um, and now, you know, I can stand up in front of, you know, a thousand people and give messages and no problem. Like, it's just like being on stage. It's just like doing that. all the skills to be personable, to be able to talk and speak and be comfortable and move into that headspace. Um, that was so vital to me being able to be a good demonstrator. Um, I would also say uh, the psychology and social behavior. I mean, I've always been a person who likes to understand people. And I think that helps on so many levels because oh, yeah. it helps me with just interpersonal, you know, understanding of my sitter, where they're at, but also helped with the, um, just me understanding people, right? And what are we doing as mediums? We're telling the lives and the stories of people that, who have lived. And just allowing, just having that resource there, right? Like for the spirit world to draw upon, um, I feel is super, super helpful. So, you know, I think all the things that I did perfectly fit in with what I ended up becoming. How did your mediumship grow into teaching? Yeah. So no one's ever asked me that question. Um, That's a great question. So basically what happened was I was, you know, doing my work, I was working, doing my thing. And Mm -hmm. I remember one day I was with a couple of friends uh, at this spiritual place, that spiritual bookstore that I actually had my awakening at, funnily enough called Awakenings. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I was, we were just there and like, we were just like, let's just do like this passing energy exercise. Yeah. And there was this moment uh, where me and my friend were trying to give it to this one guy and I could feel this like tension and I could feel this energetic, like just not flow. And then, so he, I just like made us, you know, I was just like sending the energy, sending the energy, sending the energy. And then suddenly I felt this shift and there was this flow that just started happening, this ease, this letting go. And at the same exact time, he and I both said, Ah, there we go. (laughs) And that was like this really weird moment and awareness of like, huh, I'm able to feel what is happening with this person and what's happening energetically. And there's something very real to this. So it was that experience mixed with where I lived, there was no one teaching mediumship. I think in sort of the new agey world, people are a little bit, or were, a little more hands-off on mediumship because it's so evidence-based. So they get nervous. They're like, wait, I can't just talk about ascended masters and your different chakras and tell you where your childhood wound is. Like (laughs) that's basically what happens, right? Yeah. And, And so this, this whole stuff is, is, you know, evidential and all these sorts of things. So no one really did it. And so I was like, you know what? I have education. I have understanding. I have training. Why don't I start a circle? And um, I did. I started a a weekly circle and um, I told the spirit world, hey, even if one person shows up, I will teach this class. And so I did that. And for probably a year, I had maybe one, one to four students for like a year straight and oftentimes just one. And that unfolded and grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. And then I just started to be well known and I would have, you know, 30 people in a class. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this grew over time. And I think that was a, it's interesting because when you move from just being the medium to the teaching medium, yeah. there's a huge shift in your awareness. You grow so much from that. And honestly, like I feel 
that was probably the biggest growth in my mediumship because now I was immersed in it. And I was letting, you know, when you're the teacher in mediumship, you're sort of like the lightning rod for the spirit world. So everything's coming to you to let you know what's happening with all that. So it was very much a like in the trenches learning, like on the field, uh, learning all of that. And, um, but yeah, it was, it was incredible. And I would say that, um, that experience that one I just shared, that really is the thing that made me go, I can trust this. Like, and I can actually be aware of what's happening with someone else. And once I had that confidence, then it was comfortable for me to, to go ahead and try. It's interesting because I have, um, I have one mentor and I still meet with our group. Um, we don't, it's not a closed circle anymore. We don't do a meditation or nothing. We get about 60 seconds to get ourselves ready to work. We're doing platform, inspirational speaking, all different kinds of mediumship. Um, but I have been to other development groups and classes, and it's interesting how some of the teachers don't actually tune into the state of the the students and my mentor who I love she's just an amazing woman she worked with me and to start tuning into students and tuning tuning into people for my training holy smokes folks it's hard work when you're <laughs> when you're trying to in the beginning it was because i thought what do you mean i got a link in with these guys what's that all about yeah. and that was another thing that i kind of had to overcome but it's interesting when spirit moves you to that place because I thought, I'm not ready. I'm not ready, you guys. But I also said that about working with the public and working with, um, right. you know, spirits. So again, it kind of, you got to surrender and trust. And well, if it's coming my way, then spirit, I'll trust you. And right. it was interesting because spirit, if you are open and willing and follow that guidance, they're going to support you in your endeavors. And and like you said, you're that lightning rod, if you will. You're getting all of those downloads and that information to be able to support your students. And oh my God, it totally opens up another dimension, not a dimension, but another level, if you will, to your own mediumship. And it's it's quite different. And it's, what do you, th- I, I'm just going to share this and then maybe your comments on it. Yeah. To see somebody in a class who has a little bit of, uh, maybe had an experience, there's some abilities there and they're not quite aware of it or what to do with it. And through sitting and allowing their abilities to unfold, they show up each week. And to see them make those small increments of progress, I find it the most gratifying thing. And it's not thinking, oh, Courtney, you're an amazing teacher. It's not about that. There's no place for that. But I don't think that. I go, oh my goodness. It is... I get emotional sometimes with these people because they make these huge breakthroughs and knowing the power of the spirit that can work with them and through them and help them in their own healing, their own development and potentially help other people. It is just the most um, amazing thing that I've experienced. Um, What, how about you, Michael? Yeah. So with, with that, I, I mean, that's why I teach. It's why teaching is actually my favorite thing to do. Yeah. And when I kind of reflect on where that is rooted, it feels to me like it comes from the little me who wanted to have an understanding of God and what these things are. And I, 
tried so many different belief systems and faiths and, you know, practices and all kinds of things, searching for that thing that would give me something evidential, give me something real, give me something I can like actually see. Yes, there is this interaction with something bigger than myself. And it took me years. I mean, even in my spiritual development, I mean, it was like, I'm doing things, weird things with my hands, making mountains, because I know this is a podcast. You know, it felt like a roller coaster of all these different yeah. experiences. Um, and then when I landed on mediumship and got to experience and feel and see what is possible with the spirit world and show up for me in very real and tangible ways, it gave me that like that reassurance, that release, that freedom. It was scratching the itch I had been looking for for so long. And so... I went through so many different experiences, some very, very challenging, some really blissful and amazing and peaceful. And I think when I watch a student start to have those little aha moments, yeah. it hits that because yeah. it's a little bit like this feeling of they're, they're getting to find the things that are valuable so quickly. And they're also getting to kind of bypass some of the extra stuff that's not really helpful. <laughs> and then I get to see them have the light of recognition in their eyes when they realize that the spirit world is this very real and tangible thing that can be interacted with. And because of that, it hits me. Like, I literally love it. But anytime my students have, um, you know, some sort of breakthrough or greater awareness, or they finally, something that I've said a million times, finally clicks for them. Um, and they're happy. It's just like, it's amazing. Like finishing a class where someone had a breakthrough, I like call friends. I'm like, oh my God, do you know what happened today? Class is so <laughs> beautiful. Like, I, like, I love it. Like, I, I feel exactly the same way. It is the most satisfying and most rewarding thing where it has nothing to do with the teacher. Right. Um, it, it's about it's neat where spirit can work through you to help another person. And um, I just absolutely love it. And the world needs more teachers, good teachers, people that know what they're doing. That's another thing too. Have you had students come to you that have gone to other mentors and have been maybe, can I say, led astray a little bit? And you kind of have to reel them back in and get them to come back down to earth and give them some, some help. Yeah, I mean, I can literally tell you who someone has worked with just based on watching them work and what their issues are. And I know that sounds a little crazy, <laughs> but like, I, it's very easy. Like if someone worked with X mentor, I'm like, okay, here's what their issues are going to be. It's going to be this, this, and this. And then I watch, and then it is exactly that. And it's because, you know, everyone has their own teaching styles yeah. and, um, which is fine and which is great. And I think anything, any experience that we have is a positive experience, whether it leads you astray or something else, because it's teaching you about the difference. It's developing your discernment. It's helping you understand what works for me, what doesn't work for me. And that's why I can look back at my early development and go, well, I'm grateful for that time period, right? Um, even though I wish I had Eileen and Gordon at the very top, <laughs> that would have been amazing. Uh, <laughs> yes. Where would I be now? But I think it you know, cultivated my ability. But exactly what you're saying as far as you know, other teachers providing a different perspective that maybe I don't think is the most efficient. Yes. Um, 100% that happens. That's basically what my job is. If I have a student who has not done this before, I'm like, Ooh, this will be easy because <laughs> if I don't have to undo anything first, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. here we go. You know exactly what you need to do. And it's just crazy 
Because, and this is where we're getting into slightly taboo, dicey land. You know, to me, it's crazy where, like, when we're working with students, I once heard a teacher say, students are like a tower of marbles. They are very difficult to build, very easy to break down. Yeah. And that is such a good saying, such a good saying, because that is exactly what it is. And the power that a teacher has over a student's desire to be a medium or the desire to do well um, and the encouragement that they can potentially have, you know, there's so much power there in the things that I say or that you say to your students and you can do a lot of good or you could do a lot of harm. And I see some teachers who don't really consider what they say and can really, really damage. I mean, when people say like, they'll come to me and tell me, oh, my teacher said, I could never do this. They said, find something else to do. Do you know what I mean? Or they were like really mean to them or like, you know, I once heard horror stories of like, you know, there was a teacher that a lot of people had gone to who would literally have people get up and give a demonstration. And then he'd make the symbol of a gun if they weren't getting it. And then he'd shoot Oh my God. I know. I know. And so there's these teachers out there and this is like a well-known teacher. No, I'm, I'm like, that's, that's. Holy smokes. What is wrong with people? I know. And so this is the whole thing with like, let's just talk about what a good teacher should do. Yes. Teachers should be encouraging and supportive. They should be making a safe space for you so that you can be, um, less afraid of failure and be willing to, you know, that it's okay to fall on your face. I always tell my students, you need to get yeses and nos in your development because that's what teaches the discernment. Yes. That's the whole point. So don't worry about a no, like let's develop a positive relationship with the word no. Um, You know, and they should be able to demonstrate their work for you. So they should be able to show you exactly what you think, the things you're saying should be working, right? And you should be able to show it. Um, And they should also be, I think, key, like keyed into what is going on with the student. If a teacher is just sort of talking at you and saying, well, this is how it should work. And they're not able to tell you why it's what's happening in your work. To me, that's not necessarily the best teacher um, for you. So at the very least, and this is what we always talk about at my online school is we should always at the very least, be supportive, create a harmonious and safe environment. Spirit communication works better when when we have a harmony, when we have love, when we have openness. And that is the most important thing to me. I would never have developed as a medium if I had one of these other teachers who was aggressive, mean, you know, putting pressure on me. I would have, it would have never happened. But thank God I had (laughs) the ones that I did have who taught me how to take the pressure off. Right. Yeah. So, you know, there's different styles, there's different beliefs of how this all works, but for me and my style, it's, this is actually all about ease. It's about letting go. It's about surrendering. It's about, you know, taking away the tension and making you feel relaxed and safe because that's how it's going to work better. And so the more that we can cultivate that, the better I think we'll be uh, as teachers and best for our students. Absolutely. And I see it even in my own development, my own close circle. There, 
people, and I love each of my students and they're going to listen. I want, you know, I love you to bits and you guys are amazing. (laughs) But you know, sometimes we get in our way of wanting to perform that pressure to perform. And I always say, put that aside. Cause once you do that, you start getting in the way and interfering with what spirit wants to do with you and through you. And in a circle, there has to be, or even in a workshop, there needs to be that harmonious vibration. It helps raise the energy in which the spirit world can come through and work with their group. And if and the and the teacher is responsible for cultivating that with their students. And it's a huge responsibility. And I love how we're talking about the teaching because it kind of moves into this other thing I wanted to mention. You know, there's some people who I have come in contact with that I've seen, they sit in circle for six months or a year and they think they know it all. And then they (laughs) want to start going and, and starting their own circles. Holy smokes. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? They know it all. And the mess that comes back to me and my own mentor we have chats. We go, yeah. Holy smokes. What are you guys doing? Yeah. Well, that's, that's why I literally tell my students like from the very beginning, like my teachers, for example, Gordon, he didn't work with the public for five years yeah. until like he sat in circle for five years. Yeah. This is why homeboy is like incredible and amazing. Yeah. And I, I actually talk about this in my book about the journey of mediumship And one of the things Gordon once said to me is, you know, in the first two, I don't remember if this is a Buddhist idea, but he said in the first two years of one's spiritual development, we are in delusion. Yeah. I don't know about you, Courtney, but like when I think about my first two years, 100% true. (laughs) Like, preach. I totally get it. (laughs) We're in this headspace of like, everything is exciting. Everything is new. We're absorbing everything. We're like sitting every day. We're just like totally in this space. And then what I always like to say is that the student then starts to move into this headspace of having enough information to be dangerous. And that's the phase, exactly what you're talking about is like, they start to realize, oh, there's people behind me who don't know these things. Well, you know, who has the answer is me. And what they don't realize is that mediumistic awareness and unfoldment number one is a lifelong journey yes so it's not about us you know just jumping out there and being like yeah i've arrived like there's no arrival point you're just continuously unfolding but but the second thing i would say is you know we have to once we hit that point where we're you know enough information to be dangerous which i remember being in that spot too thank god i had a teacher back then who knocked my legs out from underneath me i was like yes Thank you for that, because I was getting big for my britches. And, and so then we get past that point and you start to recognize, oh, you start to fall into sort yes. of a bounded space with your awareness. And then you realize it isn't all this like rapid sort of like, you know, it's all enthusiasm without experience, without wisdom, without knowledge, right? In the beginning. And then it moves into... Uh, this place of of greater awareness. And honestly, the medium I was like six years ago is nothing compared to the medium I am now. Like, oh. and I've been doing this for how long? Like, like I, it's just continuous growth, continuous change. And I know that will even continue to go beyond that. And so, you know, for me, I always try to tell my students, like, look, that's why like at the school, we have like, uh, a four-year program that's like four years because by that point then it's like okay you've you've put in the time you've got to see your journey and I'm working with like I think these are second 
year people and they're landing into that kind of place where they're starting to get it. And so I always tell my students like, look, it's a journey, it's an unfoldment yeah. and, and there, there is a great value in time. And, and maybe that's my Capricorn rising talking, but like <laughs> <laughs> there's a great value in time um, that it, it's through the experience of it. It's through the journey of it. It's through meeting the spirit world over and over and over and having all of these experiences that teach you an awareness that you can't get just by reading a book or by repeating what a teacher said. You, you have to take knowledge and turn it into wisdom through experience. And I think that people get knowledge and they go, I'm going to go make a TikTok and, uh, account and I'm going to go on Instagram and I'm going to tell everyone, hey, look at all these great things that I know because I gave a message once. And I'm just like, we're missing the point, my sweet little muffins. Like yeah. we need to bring it back to the unfoldment over time. And that's why you see amazing mediums. The amazing mediums just sat in the stillness. They yeah. sat in the quiet. They just learned to become still and meet the spirit world and let the spirit world speak to them and move them and inspire them. And that's how they learned. That's how they grew. And that's why we had such incredible mediums like Estelle Roberts and yeah. uh, Helen Hughes and Nan yeah. McKenzie. And you know, we have so many amazing mediums of the past because they just learned to become still and quiet and they didn't need to get on TikTok. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. And they allowed, and Helen Hughes, I just absolutely love her story Dang. and her work um, because that woman literally went through hell with mm -hmm. her health and everything. Oh. And what all of these pioneers, I'll say, not just a spiritualism, but these really significant mediums is that they allowed the spirit world to develop them. Exactly, exactly. And they they didn't have the resources like we did we do today, online courses and books or anything. They didn't have any of that. And a lot of the older spiritualist mediums, when they were doing services, like when we do a divine service, or for us in Canada, we call it a Sunday service, you know, we have a reading that we'll do before we do the address. We can go online to find a story or a book. They didn't have that. Right. And they just allow the spirit world to develop them. And that is so, I, I personally feel that's still so key today. 100%. And, and I love that you're talking about this because this is like, so the, the button point on all of this is that, that learning to become still and move into the stillness and the quiet, the pioneers didn't have courses and workshops and things like that. Um, so what does that tell us about what is important to one's mediumistic unfoldment? And this is why I tell my students, literally in my classes and workshops, I literally say, you don't need this class. It's nice to have, but you actually don't need this. If you just sat in the power and moved into the stillness, that would develop you completely. You would move into becoming a medium. And so am I working against my own interests? Maybe, <laughs> but I, I will always be honest about that. It's like, if you learn how to sit well and sit properly, you will develop your mediumship. And it's because you're coming to the other world with a sense of stillness, with a sense of um, receptivity and openness, and then they can develop you. So whenever I give my little spiel about what sitting in the power is all about, one of the points that I make is that it's giving the spirit world the opportunity to develop you. Yeah. So every time we sit, I always tell the same exact story. I've said this my entire time teaching. 
I was, I always imagine my guys with like a little white lab coat and a little like pad and paper and like, okay, what are we going to, what are we going to adjust on Michael today? <laughs> open, his open his clear audience, open his whatever. And so every time I sit, that's like what I'm doing. I'm, I'm becoming still, I'm opening myself to my helpers and saying, when, when, you know, what do you want to, what, what is needed for me? I'm not going to decide what this is going to be. I'm not going to make it something. I'm going to meet you in a completely passive, open and receptive state. Absolutely. And when we can kind of put our objectives aside and spirit, how they, they are an intelligence. That's what I think some people don't understand. They're an intelligence and they can see a far greater picture than what we can with our physical self. And so allowing them to develop us, I mean, it is, it's essential, I think, for the growth of, of mediums and slow down. I, I would say to people, slow down, please. Okay. Yes. There's no rush. Yeah. And if we look at any of the world's top mediums, most of them aren't on television. I'll say, <laughs> yeah. okay, I'm going to throw that out there and people might not like that. Don't care because it's the truth. Yeah. Right. There's some good mediums on there. I'm not saying that, but a lot of the great mediums of today, modern mediums, they're working behind the scenes. They're doing the grind. They're teaching. They're doing demonstrations without the spotlight on them. And they're doing it from a heart centered space where they're allowing spirit to guide them and take them wherever that goes. And, and, and they've been doing this for years and years. Some of the best mediums have been doing it 30, 40, 50 years. My mentor who, has taught at Stansted, who's gone to King's Wells in Aberdeen, Scotland, several, several times yeah. with Eileen there. Um, she's been doing this for like 40 years. Nice. And I and I always say, bless her. She came to <laughs> my life because, you know, I would think, God, why, why can't I do what you do? Right. She goes, but Courtney, even when it comes to teaching, and but Courtney, I've been doing it for this amount of years. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And then it goes back to taking your time with it and said, you know, you get excited and you see people and you go, God, I want to do that. But spirit has a unique objective with that individual. They have a partnership. They've got a plan. And so do I, so do we, so do I, so do you. Right. And so it's, I think kind of trusting it and allowing it to go where it's meant for the highest good for you and those that are going to cross your path. Absolutely. And and I love what you were saying to your teacher, like, why can't I do that? And that's what I always try to remind my students too. I'm like, folks, the only difference between you and me is I've just been doing this longer. <laughs> like that's literally it. This, as Eileen always says, the same power that passes through you is the same power that passes through every person you've ever known who's yeah. been an incredible medium, right? It's the same exact source. And so we are capable of all of these same things. It's just a matter of us being able to put in the time, the dedication. And, you know, I always, I always joke, I'm like, would you want a heart surgeon working on you after six months? Um, no. Would you want a psychologist, you know, treating you after six months? No, like you want someone who has had the experience, who's gone through it, who has had the education, who has put in the time and has the understanding. And that's the difference I think you see from a lot of, of mediums who do go out too early, right? Mm -hmm. And and then, you know, they're talking about 
airy fairy things that I don't think are very helpful. You know what I mean? And that's because they don't have a leg to stand on because they haven't cultivated the rest of this. Um, So I, I love, I love that you had me come on here, Courtney, because I feel a kindredness between us and I'm just like, I love you. <laughs> like, I just love you. Know, you're so getting it. And like, you're so on the same page and I love your mentor. Like I already know that because like, thank you. You did a great job. Um, but yeah, I just want to say that to you because like, I've really enjoyed talking to you. Well, it's been so nice having you on here. And I love that we kind of just let the conversation go where it went and touched on some stuff that people talk about behind the scenes, but don't talk about or bring to the forefront. And, and that's where I want it with my podcast, share things that I wish I knew early on in my development and have other people come on here, share their own experiences. You know, we've all made our own, I'll say people call it mistakes. I just say it's a learning experience and want to save people some of those pitfalls that we made in our early development. But yet, if you're going to do it, you're going to learn from it, right? And it's about giving people information and guidance that is going to hopefully help support them in their endeavors. And hopefully, they'll take what is needed for them at that time and use it in a way that serves the spirit world and others well, I would say. Absolutely. So Michael, it's been amazing having you on here. I let people know where they can find you, what you got going on. Yeah. So, um, I got a lot of things, <laughs> but, um, basically if you're interested in development, you can visit the, uh, well, it's not, it's called the Oak Bridge Institute. The website is oakbridgeinstitute.org. That's my online school um, that I teach out of uh, that I created last year and uh, really excited, really happy with, you know, its unfoldment and everything. Uh, And we have progressive courses. So taking you from beginning to, you know, working professionally, we have uh, weekly circles and then we have workshops and events taught by myself and other teachers. Um, If you are looking to do a reading, you can find me at mediummichaelmayo.com. If you want to get on Instagram or YouTube or Facebook, Medium Michael Mayo is sort of what you put after all of that. So, yeah. Excellent. Also, can you tell our listeners about (laughs) your new book? Oh my gosh, that's the new thing that I have to remember to talk about. Um, Yeah, so I wrote a book um, last year in October. Uh, I wrote a book in October, literally. (laughs) Um, And it's called Spirit Speaks, a step-by-step and evidence-based approach to genuine spirit communication. And I I love this book. Um, it's a very much a educational style book. Um, there's a couple of chapters in there. It, it like basically gives you everything you need to know to make a link to the spirit world, as well as troubleshooting and all kinds of different things that are in there. A little bit about my story, but not a whole lot. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to put it out. There. It's my first book. So I feel nervous <laughs> and excited. <laughs> Where can they find your book? Um, I think it's on Amazon. Um, okay. Llewellyn, I think if you go to the publisher. Okay. Llewellyn, I think it's Llewellyn.com. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, you'll be able to find it somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm also notoriously a terrible self-promoter. So <laughs> let's just say that. Well, we're plugging it. And uh, so excited. I'm definitely going to get a copy. I love books and I love reading and... I really admire your teaching style and your approach. It really resonates with me. That's why I was so honored to have you come on the show. 
get your guys self a copy of the book. And again, it was so nice to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you, Corinne. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Connected Spirit. If you did, please leave me a review and a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you do feel called to share this with your friends, thank you so much for tagging me on Instagram at Medium Courtney Dawson. It really helps to get the word out about this podcast so we can help more people just like you. If you're interested in a private reading or attending any one of my mentoring classes, workshops, or events, you can go to MediumCourtneyDawson.com or check me out on Instagram at MediumCourtneyDawson. Have a great day, guys.